Buzzard Internet, and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show. <laughs> I've got pretty people in the room. Don't have my notes in front of me. I don't have my notes in front of The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. Greetings, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Second time. Second time. In a row. And we're in the same room recording a show. That's mental. Like, ju- judging by our backlog, the world's going to end next week. So, <laughs> is that my, my calendar? Yeah, sure. I, I don't know what calendar you follow. Does D&D or those things that you play with? Girls? I'm sure they do. Oh. Um, but it's not just the two of us in the room. We have two illustrious guests with us today. We've got Man Crush Monday, um, the formidable... Well, forever be your name, Brandon Woodless. <laughs> and we've got Warren the Heckler Mox. Hello. And uh, we've, we've always spoken about having the two of them in, in the room at the same time. Because we've had Warren on before, we've had uh, Brandon on before. I don't know if we've ever had the two of them. But they're the, the foremost authority on what happens from business development in the Microsoft services space. In South Africa, and I, I dare say, uh, in uh, on the continent, in the world, <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so, so welcome, Brandon. Uh, it's good to see you. Happy 2019. Yeah, thanks. Same to you, man. Looking rather swell, but then again, you always meetings, eh? Look good. This is what business development looks like. Okay, apparently. Okay. Warren, I see you representing, or do you not? Well, you do have decent shirts. Like that shirt. I wore my decent shirt yesterday. You did, yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yes, thank you, man. I'm not wearing a tie or anything. Man Crush Monday is uh, making us all feel a little underdressed here today. But, yeah. Well, you would hope that we were underdressed. You yeah. stare at us. Great radio. I'd be glad we don't have video, yes. guys. Mm. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we expect coming up in, in the coming year, in 2019. Should be a very exciting time for the Microsoft space. So we're going to chat a little bit about what we think we're going to be seeing and how maybe the listeners and their clients and can can get ahead of the curve. So where do we want to start off? Well, I'd like to start with saying that even though you're in the room, I still don't listen to you. So I did not listen to anything you just said right now. I wouldn't um, expect anything else. All right. So 2019. Do we know what year is it? The year of the rat, the year of the dog, the year of the dragon? Nobody... The year of getting on with it. Getting on with it. Is that the the year of less (laughs) less tangent, less fab? Less tangent. Did you drop that in there? Yeah, what a fun day. Hold on, Rod. So we're recording at at my office. Is that like subliminal? Anyhow, coming back to what I was saying, you don't have to watch it. 2019. 2019. We saw a bumper year last year. Bumper. The year of the pig. So it's the year of the pig, it must mean something. I think I was born in the year of the pig, oink, oink. But Makes sense. But uh, 2019, 2019 is big for, for the continent, I suppose, uh, Absolutely. For, for obvious reasons. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen Microsoft turn into uh, an adolescent from an unruly teenager. So anyway, I can describe the last eighteen months. So where uh, uh, myself, well, I don't, I don't do what modeling does um, anymore. Or did I ever? I don't know. What does modeling do exactly? Magic. All of the, all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> Just all of the, the everything. So, so twenty nineteen, 
we did a recap of, of 2018 and we published it in 2019. And today is really to talk to the industry experts about what their predictions are for 2019. We might want to just run through the various components that make, and we're not going to talk on-prem, we're only talking cloud. Is there... Yeah, I think, I think last year was very much a cloud year, and I think 2019 is going to be just more of the same. So V2 um, of 2018. Yeah, I, I do not expect to do a hell of a, work, a, hell of a lot of work on-prem. Most of my clients who still are on-prem, we're doing mostly just like triage work. Like, oh, it's broken. You're not going to move yet. Let's just patch it up until you finally decide, like, let's join the new era. I don't, I don't see doing any new on-prem instances, but you never know. No, other than heavy lifting them into cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I foresee, yeah, lots of cloud work. I see a lot of migrations and a lot of hybrid setups. I yeah. think is probably the, the way we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon, from, from your perspective, you've been mm-hmm. in the game for, for quite some time. You've also spent a lot of time working on the other side for, for, for product mm-hmm. uh, companies. Are, are you seeing growth in product? I think that's probably my question. Uh, let's start off with that. Do a, do a product. Is product becoming more of a thing now than it was in, 20, well, in 2017 or 2016 previous years where people have more confidence around product? So I think when it comes to partner business uh, that sells solutions uh, to, to end users. I, I don't think there's been a big enough uptake in that space. All right. When it comes to the end user themselves, definitely. So the end users are consuming and buying product direct from vendors, ISVs on a different level um, and a, a far higher level than, than the partners can actually sell them those solutions. Oh, wow. Because if you look at modern businesses that we work in at the moment uh, um, as a solutions partner, a lot of it is around services, um, providing solutions, building specific uh, applications um, because of the thought process around what the business wants to do or the, the, the company wants to do or the individuals that are selling the solutions to the clients, those relationships. They talk about things that they can offer and benefits they can offer. Uh, they don't go for the quick wins, which is a product which has got capability in it already uh, that can be deployed, uh, sold and deployed and uh, up and running quite quickly and, and easily. Um, I think the reasoning for that is that the current uh, market climate within South Africa specifically, um, the rest of Africa is slightly different, but it's on a similar tangent, is that when you're selling a product of a specific sort, there's a big outlay upfront cost most of the time. You're going to pay a million rand to get a piece of that solution in instead of paying uh, 100,000 rand to get just the piece that you want from a solutions provider is going to debit. And that mindset started to change at the end users, but it hasn't changed in a lot of the solutions providers or partners in the markets. And um, so I do think that, that that is a big, big uptake. A lot of my, my customers and clients work with buy lots and lots of product um, and Converge Solutions is the reason why, right? So it's adapting all these big pieces of, of, of technology into one and how do you put them together with different other applications, third parties converging into making work together for more seamless uh, integration points. And product is best at that because it's quick and easy. You don't need companies like myself to do that. You can go and do it yourself in-house with full majority of the end user companies out there. Warren, do you agree with Brandon? I do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game of catch-up, I guess, uh, is, is essentially in a nutshell what Brandon is saying, where the partners, a lot of the partners come from um, that development house type space. Um, so it's, it's almost putting bums on seats and, and developing things. So I do think that um, 
the partners are using product. I'm definitely selling product into to the partners, but I agree with you. Um, you know, first port of call is can we build it? You know, not no can we map to a product that, that can get the job done. On the customer side, uh, there's definitely over the last few years, not necessarily just from last year, um, been a slight change in the landscape in the sense of uh, it's not just technical tools that are being sold anymore. Business has a lot of say into what products are bought, and they obviously have com- comfort in the products from the ISVs as opposed to development. I really do, there's always a place for development, but that productivity type development from yesteryear is definitely on its way out because it. It almost puts organizations that spend this money into a little bit of a corner. Technology is moving so quickly. So from a compatibility perspective, uh, if you're paying for development on a very specific bespoke type solution, uh, every time there's a version change, you run the risk of having to um, have updated development done versus with an ISV, uh, develop the software for, for a living. So you almost have that peace of mind uh, that the latest and greatest updates will be available you know, in, in a hotfix or a service pack release or a new version update. So it's, it's certainly gaining what we're seeing in business, especially within the African market, uh, is products are certainly on the up and, and being used to fill the, the gaps where Microsoft, an area of Microsoft that may not be optimal. So in other words, a lot of the products are complementing the Microsoft offering, where in yesteryear, often we were competing in that space. Yeah. So we've had a Smos, Brandon, talk to us about some stuff, about selling product. We had an even bigger Smos, Warren, <laughs> tell us that Brandon is actually right. I'd like to turn the mic over to Rod, who is the guy on the ground making sure that whatever they tell the customers they should buy can actually work. Are you... Are, are, so, can I, so before you do that, because I would like to add something which is specifically to that point, and the reason why there's a big uptake in product directly at the end users, at our customers. And I think one of the reasons is if we look at any organization, that no matter how good you are at what you do, and there are a lot of those good companies throughout the region, there's a lot of failed projects. And when I say failed, not completely failed, and things don't work and they never do, but they take longer than expected. Uh, you can't get to, to um, the resolve the application or developed application, supposed developed application, is not exactly what you wanted or require. Whereas a product gives you a fixed outcome every single time. You know what you want, you know what it's going to do, you know what you're paying for. There's never a failed project there. Unless you made the wrong decision for the wrong product, and that doesn't happen often. And that sort of leads into your question around, with the question that Alistair maybe asked you as to. So the most intelligent person in the room is right, right? It's just Correct. Sure, okay, no pressure, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I do think products are a a good way to do it. Like you said, the, the, the products fill in where you don't already have have something that'll do it for you. So one of the reasons I like Office 365 so much is it's huge. Basically, anything you want to do, there's at least an 80% fit in Office 365 already. Um, the, the main effort is actually get like showing it to people and saying, like, look, you, you have this. Let's do that. And like you do, you do that mapping exercise. What What is it that you need? You can use these tools um, and... In, in the modern workplace, I think people are getting more and more comfortable with picking up these tools and like, okay, I can use it. They're also getting a lot more user-friendly. You know, I mean, CRM from five years ago is a very different beast from doing that same sort of work in Office 365. It's a lot easier to use. It's, it makes more sense to a normal person. Yeah, even Warren and I can do stuff. Absolutely. Can you believe it? 
Uh, maybe yeah. even Al. Yeah, the layman. Uh, I don't catch you. <laughs> yeah, but I have people that do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> the layman's and the executive. So then, like the the whole idea of um, power users. Microsoft has had that idea of power users for a very long time, and um, I think that's what's almost driving the. That, that product thing, uh, whether it's products in Office 365, like, oh, we can implement Teams and it can be, we can get all this benefit out of it. Or, okay, let's go look for a product that we can get it. Because they can make, Microsoft have, over the last years, have spent a lot of effort really empowering those people and getting them to think in a way where they can make those sorts of decisions, mm. which is really important. Mm. So, yeah, a lot of it's adoption rights, how, how to get that through to people and, yeah, identifying Okay, we have all these tools. What you want is not covered by these. Let's go look for a tool and bring it in. So what I've picked up from the statements uh, these days, uh, from the three idiots that I have, Larry, Mary, and Smoke. Focus. Okay, focus. Ah, uh, did, I, did I squirrel? Anyway, so what you guys were saying, some of the things rang true to me was, one, build versus run is changing. A lot of times there's, there's more buy and then run. Right? So we're saying that, and funnily enough, there were statistics that flew around, I think, the beginning of last year by Microsoft through Neural Impact talking about that. 42% of Office 365 purchases are done anonymously. It's not a your partner signing Office exactly. 365 and you. Brandon said the same thing around buying a product and it works. So here's a feature set. You buy it, you deploy it, it's in. If you made the wrong decision because you didn't read the features right, obviously fail project. From a product vendor perspective, Warren, you were saying also build versus run, build versus buy. That's we, we're dealing with the the, the informed uh, customer, informed partner. And yes, Rod, what you were saying around adoption, it's easier. We talked about citizen development. Microsoft gives you the smorgasbord of tooling, and if you know what you're doing, you can actually achieve quite a bit. And business starting to make the decisions. That's the question, really. Are we seeing when we engage with customers, it's not anymore the IT department. It's more we're dealing with business, we're dealing with human capital, and they want to do adoption. They want to do change for Office 365 when we come in and boom, ambassadors of change and all of these things. And to such an end, coming to my next point, Microsoft recently released a user adoption specialist yep. certification yep. Baked, in, baked or based loosely on the bit of ProSky. They call it not Prosky. South Africans say Prosky. That's how we read it. That's how English people read it. And then the Americans bastardize and they go Pro Sky, Pro Sci. No, the C side is Pro Sci, not Sci Fi, not Sky Fi. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing we've covered: build versus buy versus run. It's definitely something that we've seen from the market. People want to buy a product and they're embracing product. There's no fear. Talking about fear, what about security? Um, what are your security predictions? Because, and I'll give you a perfect example. I've always spoken about security, GDPR, those sort of things. And normally, I do a session on information protection. I have five people in the room. Uh, in Seattle, I have 55 people in the room because of what Microsoft is talking around their messaging. Are you seeing that people are going, yay, we want product, but tell us about security? Is security sort of on vogue right now in your customers that you're doing? Brandon? 
So Americans are paranoid. That's probably why you had 55 in your room compared to your diet. Yeah? People just don't care from that perspective as an individual. Um, but uh, but it is. The security is definitely, I think it's a trend for this year. But it's not just cybersecurity as a single stack of uh, an application or a product set or something of that sort. Everyone's done security, have done it for many, many years. I said, but the way you need to do it, you need to be smarter around how you manage that. Because your businesses are exposed to a lot more um, in the market space than uh, than they were ever before because of the internet and all these connected devices, connected things, uh, as you want to call them, and converged solutions. So you have access to multiple sets of data points in a business from from places that might not um, uh, need to be uh, that need to be more secure than than the individuals actually um, uh, working in a different view. So, so you've got to sort of create some governance structures around that. And governance, I think, is the first sort of framework of having good security within, with inter- internally within your business. And then, obviously, your external IT uh, security, which uh, prevents any sort of breaches, in, specifically in our financial sectors at the moment. So cyber security as in firewalling and then protection as in content. Correct. And they fall hand in hand now. I don't think they are separate things because... Mm-hmm. They still run it maybe as individuals will do them separately, but you've got to take care of both. If you don't, if you take care of one and not the other, you still have at risk. And you will see that you've got to have this this thing, as they call it now, augment, augmented cyber security, augmented security, um, which then is uh, machine learning or AI security where it will automatically learn uh, behaviors in an organization of an individual, things they do. Uh, look at threats or people trying to get in and out, logins into your VPN, those sort of things. And it picks up risks automatically and it sort of highlights them or creates a little barrier around them. And all those sort of AI and machine learning tool sets with insecurity, I think that's the next big thing. If we, if we look at the financial services industry in South Africa, a couple of our big banks have literally just decided in the last couple of months to hire big security teams dedicated internally to that. They're not doing anything else. They're not worried about outsourcing. They have hired their own and said, we're going to take care of this because we have a specific need and requirement that we don't think anybody else understands. And we will use specialists where we need them, but we're going to take care of the strategy and the business models ourselves. And with the implementation of GDPR, okay, that filters down to all of our banks here too because we have a lot of international clients in South Africa from investments perspective. We have a big investment market. So they have to comply to that. And that's put another little uh, extra step onto the we must have better security because the fines and stuff that come from that are not only local but international and international fines are exponential compared to what we have here data protection offices are real so your banks would have to hire someone also CISOs are real and that's probably where you're seeing your and I'll coin your phrase convergence that's the third time we've used it in the sentence right now (laughs) but yes so data protection Security offices are two different things, but a lot of, a lot of organizations are hiring, hiring CISOs. Your side from, I mean, you guys do, well, can I talk about your company? Yeah, absolutely. So, AppPoint does some really cool stuff around information protection, right? Yeah. Around content. Yeah. I mean, digital, data, digital data, essentially. Is it? Is it? Oh, so, what was the two, what was the two words? Digital data and the other one? That, Machine learning or augmented. The augmented stuff and augmented things. And what did you just say? Digital data. Digital data. Yes. Because like to differentiate it from all that analog data. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you do a lot around data protection inside of organizations. Yes. Product set is exactly what Brandon was saying. People are buying product. Are you seeing, are you seeing that security become, uh, well, not leapfrogging 
traditional conversations, but coming to the fore where security is now something that people actually worry about. It's not we have a governance doc and it gets stuck in a drawer and when the auditors come and we show them the document. So, so I don't think um, security was never worried about. I think the way that organizations are looking at security, taking the jump to cloud has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think from an on-premise perspective, you know, you needed a firewall, you needed to make sure that um, everything sitting within your environment was secure. You're now going to cloud and you've got distributed data connections coming in from all over the place. So it's certainly a new line of thinking for the guys that are used to that on-premise way of, of doing work and security to now going to cloud. And we definitely seen a huge growth in, in this area. So step number one, for a lot of organizations, um, especially guys looking at moving to cloud and planning migrations, is uncovering the dark data that they have. You know, over years, there's file share data, there's on-premise SharePoint data. Organizations have no visibility, uh, well, you know, I'm using that quite loosely, but very little visibility to what is actually there. So what's definitely growing in popularity is data classification in preparation for migration in order to leverage off all the new security features that Microsoft Cloud offers because there is a lot of automation, um, but it is a change from building a fence around your data now and having the comfort that that everything's secure. So um, that classification is almost part and parcel with every migration project that we're looking at at the moment of classifying from a compliance perspective as well as a sensitive and non-sensitive data perspective as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of what I think a lot of that uptick is not so much that uh, people have new security requirements. It's just thinking about the cloud has identified to them the fact that they have no idea what they're dealing with. Yeah, like they've got all the file shares. They've got random stuff in SharePoint. They've got all these databases, um, and <coughs> they've been secure in that they have a firewall up, and you have to get through that to access the data. But it's not, it's not actually really secure. You've yeah. got a firewall, great, good for you. That yeah. doesn't really mean anything. You need to know what data you have sensitive and how are you actually controlling that. Correct. What are Correct. the actual access points to that? And I think a lot of businesses don't have that um, and haven't, but they felt secure. And now that they're thinking like, okay, we want to move. And then somebody asks them like, okay, well, what do you have? And they're like, oh, well, actually, I really don't know. Mm. Yeah, um, and that's a big, that is a big batch of work to figure sure. out what you've got, especially if it's, I mean, a lot of the clients we deal with are quite mature. You know, they, they've been going for many, many years. So they've got strata. They've got layers and layers of this stuff going back yeah. uh, a decade or two. And it's, it's quite a challenge to really to pull that out and, and bring it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you finding in the space that you occupy? Because for the last three years, I've had to listen to PowerShell, PowerApps, and Flow every single time I record something. So, so cool, though. Is security, is security impacting how you work uh, in the process management space is, is it a thing? Oh yeah, like it, it's it's always a consideration. Like one of the the questions you always have to ask is what what data are we dealing with here? Is it sensitive? How sensitive is it? Like who can have access to this? Okay, nobody can have access to it. Okay, well because the easiest way to do any of these things is okay, we put it in SharePoint. Like it's it's the most easily accessible data. Um, but when it gets really uh, when it gets really sensitive then maybe we don't want to put it in, in SharePoint and then we've got to put it in SQL somewhere. Maybe they want it on-prem and then we like... So it has a it has quite a big impact on how you design that solution with what data you're dealing with. Like all, all of these things, Power Apps, Flow, what, like whatever it is, it all comes down to what is what is the information we're dealing with and that'll dictate 
basically everything else. Mm. Yeah, the, the risk around security has always been there, and the measures that were put in place on premise to mitigate those. Um, those same risks exist in cloud, but the way of mitigating them changes, and that's what needs to be considered by organisations. Yeah. Well, and you also get you also now get like a score from Microsoft. Exactly. Like when you were sitting on prem, you were like, okay, I'm fine. You put it in the cloud. You go to a page and Microsoft tells you, oh, brew, you're in deep <laughs> cuck. You're like, I'm doing all the same things. Yeah, well, that's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. So, so security, so let's just take one quick, very high-level security breach, right? So what is security breach in the general context? It's a specific or personal information, maybe of an individual or financials of a company or something that shouldn't be exposed externally to, to everyone. It's, a, it's an internal, internally um, managed uh, piece of data. And that's always been around and you've always had those things, but the thought process around it was that people don't really care too much. As an example, sending emails. Okay, that's, you send an email from myself to somebody else internally within in an institution and I can have all your details, ID number, name, address, whatever that may be. Yeah. Whatever, and I can send it to you, we work together and whatever. But there's nothing preventing or stopping you from saying that externally. And those things happen all the time. And as these hackers, or so, whatever you want to call these people that sort of, I don't necessarily know if they're just hackers, or if they're just like spies, no, espionage, no, and maybe we can make it, exactly, there we go, that sounds amazing, that's what, that's what I was going at. Exactly. And those guys who are looking for this information, either for money, exploitation, or whatever of the, the, these uh, companies, um, they become a lot smarter. And what they require and need to be able to exploit somebody or something is far simpler than it ever was before. So a simple thing like sending an email is a security breach now. And you can't prevent that. Nobody ever thought about that for the last well, 10 years. <coughs> now you, you can prevent those things now. Those things are in place. And you have to think about that more well, carefully. Well, look at it from Microsoft's perspective. At Ignite 2017, during the keynote, they talked about the next-gen sync line for OneDrive. And the messaging was twofold. One, consolidate your file shares to OneDrive. Complete and utter bullshit. You don't take a file share to OneDrive. That's the first thing. Two, sharing with confidence. So what do you have in today's world? People have got multiple devices that they occupy space on, and everyone wants to share. We don't have to send an email anymore because you've blocked file types. You can now right-click share, and I can share it with, with a person. Yeah. And Microsoft is actually the victim of their own success. So from a security perspective, what we've seen at Ignite last year, they launched a wrapper for all their information protection stuff called Microsoft Information Protection, not just Azure. And we've seen all these really cool things coming. And security becomes top of mind now because I can sit and I can attach a document to an email and send it out. Or I can sit in OneDrive and I can share it from there. Or I can sit in Teams and I can share from there. I can share from SharePoint. And we're now worrying about our digital data because we lived in, a, in an augmented and converged economy and we have nefarious agents or agents of nefariority. Nefariority, <laughs> sure. That's <laughs> <no> <laughs> And, and, and it's really come to the fore where security now, it's no longer the fear of sharing. It's the fear, it's not, it's not a fear anymore. Yes, we have OneDrive, we have Teams, we have all these products, and we have B2B and B2C, and we can have people coming externally, and you don't have to have a Teams license to have a to have a meeting with someone, and we see all of that, right? The way it works from a Microsoft perspective is, and we've been talking about it so long as well, let people go, you know, but close the gates. Make sure the gates are closed so the sheep don't get out. Yep. And no longer is it governance in a document that says, this is the file type, 
No. You can't share it. Now it's proactive governance with a lot of AI saying, well, if this person's keystrokes are 40 words a minute and all of a sudden it's 100 words a minute, chances are there's something wrong with that exactly. person's machine. Yeah, like you, you still need that baseline of what is it we have and what of this is sensitive. Though. Of like with, without that information, you, you can't you can't tell the AI what to look out. Right. You still need smart people to do that, like yeah. yourself, right? <laughs> well, we'll see. So um, we, we've had a great high-level discussion here, and I think we're running a little short on time. We are. We are. Um, so we want to just go really quickly around and pick out maybe one or two products or ideas that we're particularly excited for for the new year. So top three. What do you mean products? What do you see it like, being? What, like what? What? What are you three. really? What? What three things are you really excited about for? For 2019, uh, top top one. Spars so, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, IoT, okay, on a broad spectrum. So that includes machine learning and AI around a variation of different things. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, to see see where that goes. There's a lot of adoption in a lot of big big organisations and companies that you never thought would use things like that. That are like that. Um, uh, one of the other things would be uh, the way data is going to be managed. So creating proper uh, cognitive uh, insights into data. So your AI and machine learning around the data and creating that, that specific set where things can automatically present things to you, like our phones and everything does because of the way we search and type and whatever at the moment, uh, but within organizations to make things more accessible and easy. I think there's a really, really big uptake in that is, is what, we, what we've seen at a lot of our companies uh, that we work with. Cool. Number three, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll come back to you on that one. I was just I need a number three. You I guys put me on the spot there. Waza? So I've got more than three, so I'll, I'll steal Jeez, your, your You've got 37 more. seconds to yeah. Okay. Team, team's growth um, this year. And I know Teams is such an overused thing now and so well spoken about. But something that I certainly saw towards the end of last year is uh, Teams used at a solution level. So universities using it to get course content out and engage with students. That's what it was originally designed for. Well, no, you're both wrong. The OneNote classroom notebook was designed to do classroom management. Yes. And then that's now been moved into Teams. Now Teams looks great because of OneNote. Sure. Yep. So I, I, I can Thanks just see this being an exciting yeah. year for new ideas on how to use Teams and collaborate Teams um, coming out. Um, blockchain. I think it's going to be a big year for blockchain. I've read some interesting articles around Brexit and blockchain. Are they looking at leveraging of blockchain um, to uh, ensure no fraud and, and things like that? So, you know, other than cryptocurrencies, which was really the buzz thing in 2018, if I had to read another Bitcoin article. Yeah, underlying technology is far more interesting than cryptocurrency. A- a- absolutely. So, I've always, my feeling with blockchain is I think the technology is fantastic, but we just haven't really found place for it within business from a solution perspective to scale um, and I think everyone's exploring and testing and playing and I think this is the year that it's, um, it's really going to yeah, take off. Um, just jumping on what Brandon said, um, you know, bots, virtual assistants, IoT um, and AI. And that's Warren reading from the notes he made. I, I did make some notes. Can I, I also made. Wow, it's just us who are the thing that really excites me is cognitive services. Um, mm-hmm. If I see how far that's come, I think the ability 
to capture data around people and make informed decisions. I already said that. I um, 100%, 100%, but it, it, um, <laughs> it, it, it just it excites me at the potential around the technology. I mean, yeah, it's it's really, really powerful. And then the one that we know about is the, with the data center coming here. So all of these cloud technologies that I think a proportion of South African businesses are leveraging off because it doesn't sit within the borders. We, um, you know, reliance on international bandwidth. We haven't really been able to completely embrace cloud as, um, you know, other countries have, have had the ability to do. So with that data center launching here, um, you know, the, the sky's the limit yeah. on, on the technology that South Africa and Africa as a continent can actually start leveraging off, which really covers all of the above that, that I spoke about. Yeah. So I see things really moving in fast forward this year from a technology growth perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, once that's here, which is going to be really, really exciting. And I'm going to throw my word in again, Converge Solutions, right? So those are the things, all these things tie in one all together. So it's making sure that everything sits in a single space and works seamlessly. So becoming smarter, businesses are becoming smarter. Cool. Yeah. Well, that, that's all very high-minded lacquer stuff. Um, I'll just give one very quickly that we haven't talked about at all. I'm looking forward this year to um, the impact Kaizal is going to have, especially in South Africa and Africa. Oh, my it's like all, all of this cognitive services and the AI and all of this, all the data we have in the cloud, all of that, getting all that capability down to all of your users, regardless of whether they sit at a machine or they're driving a truck, yep. is... That, that's probably the most powerful thing I can possibly see happening anytime soon. Look, for me, and just to close off the show, um, I don't have any predictions. I think it's all been said. And my prediction is that Rod will cut his hair this year, possibly. We, we don't know. Not, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell, but hey, I, predictions are, are meant to be wrong. Right? And, and I'll grow not, not really. And Warren's in the grave. I've never seen a picture of Warren with him. I've been I think he was born with Arte and it stayed that way. But yes, big year for, for the continent. We are hoping that Microsoft does actually switch on the data centers. Yeah, this year? This year? Hopefully. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We were promised it last year and it didn't happen. And I apologize to all my customers who have been saying to you, that it will be on or before the 31st of December. It didn't happen. I don't control the switch. And yes. Thank God. All right. Is that a wrap, Mr. Martin? I think it is. Um, Braden, you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Well, um, Hashtag how many dodgy people listen to this show? All of them. Okay, then it's fine. I'll tell you everything. Um, so you can find me on, on Twitter, obviously, Brandon Score Buddhist. And then um, I have a Medium blog page, which I don't really use very, <laughs> very we well. We won't talk about um, it. We actually won't talk about it. <laughs> but but I, I have made a, a... This year, I will be writing a lot of stuff. And I, don't write, I write about all tech, not just Microsoft stuff. Uh, that was a 2017 prediction. It was, eh? <laughs> it's carried across. I think your last I had a busy year. I had, uh, yeah, you, you spoke know. about li- um, bot lawyers or something. That was, I did, that I did, yeah. Last, she has to remember. Exactly, well done. Because Thanks for reading it. It's I'll... like Chesney Hawks. Everyone remembers Chesney Hawks the one in one day, right? I am the one in one day. No. Never broke. Everyone knows that. Either. <laughs> so obviously you can find me there. All right, Warren. Waza, where can um, find you? So you can find me on Twitter at MarksWaza. It's um, two Zs. Yeah, and KS, not X. Um, they can do a search for me on, on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. He's not on Instagram. I'm not. No, He's I'm not, not on the Marks Waza. Fantastic. And Send dudes. <laughs> and if you want to find us, you can find our website, twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. We're on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin and L is... At Alice
And that is us. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank this you. has been a blast. We must do this again sometime soon. Yeah. Ciao, ciao. Okay.